This episode is brought to you by Shit Audio, manufacturers of sanely priced stacks, amplifiers, preamplifiers, and EQ devices. Click the link in the show notes for more information. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Darker Audio Podcast. With me this time out is one Matt Simmons from Blue Sound. Welcome, Matt. Welcome, Matt. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, thank you. It's so good to be uh, be chatting with you today. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about a new product called the PowerNode Edge. Am I right? That's it. PowerNode Edge. A brand new, right? This week it's brand new. Just it's just come out. It's exactly okay. right. Okay, let's pretend that. Well, actually, I don't know very much about it. So, can we start from the start from the beginning, Matt? Like, what is it? You sound like it's it's like Sound of Music or something, as you say. Let's start <laughs> at the very beginning. So, yes, yes <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, the PowerNote Edge is a brand new, additional two-channel smart amplifier in the Blue Sound lineup. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people will probably know Blue Sound's PowerNode, um, maybe especially the latest version of that what we mm-hmm. call the n330 um and so this really takes all of what that is and is actually distilling it down a little into it even i don't know maybe even more of a simple product has less power in it um and so it's kind of a baby brother of that product okay so is it does that mean it's is it the same size as the it's not it? Well, it, it's it depends, I guess, which way you're looking at the dimensions. So the the height is one of the main things that's not the same. So it's actually even shorter. It's smaller. It's the same height as a as a as a Blue Sound node. Um, okay, so it's which, like a lo- what, what I would call lower profile. That's right, low, lower profile. Um, it's mm-hmm. the same width and the same depth as right. a as a power node. So. Yeah, so it carries a lot of the same characteristics, but we really wanted to squeeze um, as much goodness as we could into as small of a box as we could. Okay, and you said that it has less output power for loudspeakers. So what's go- what's going on there? Yeah, we're rating the PowerNote Edge at forty watts per channel into um, eight ohms or four? into into eight ohms. Yeah, yeah into eight, yeah. and and we the the. Uh, the big brother power node is 80 watts per channel into eight ohms. So, yeah, so it's, um, so, and, and the reason for that is, uh, I mean, it has to do with solution and price point for, for our customer. That's really where this is coming from this entire product. So if you do say you want to start at the very beginning, um, that's, that's kind of where we need to go to. I think we, we've, mm-hmm. the, the power node is the current power node that, that people know of or are learning about. Um, is you know is is an amazing product it's and it kind of i would say uh maybe performs even better than people would expect for an 80 watt per channel uh amplifier but uh sometimes the price point um at i think we're talking 999 euros um mm-hmm. 950 us dollars sometimes that uh it not necessarily scares people away but it's not it's people are looking for solutions maybe for secondary rooms or places where they're not willing to spend that much money. And so we thought, okay, well, what if we could bring all the goodness that uh, a Blue Sound Power Node represents, simplicity, convenience, and performance, could we could we bring that down into maybe a, a slightly more accessible price point? Was That was part of the reasoning for the whole product mm. uh, in, in the first place. 
Well, I can help you out with that a little bit because I know from dealing with my YouTube audience, a lot of them look at a thousand dollar amplifier and think that's crazy expensive. Mm. I know this. I mean, it's not, I, I know that, <laughs> I mean, mm. in, in the context of high end audio, it's cheap, but in the context of let's call it high street audio, high street, hi-fi, right? Mm. It's, you know, when you're looking at $500 amps, $600 amps, you know, those kinds of things, and you see a, a power node, you, you're going to think that's expensive, right? So it depends mm. upon the context. And I can understand looking at the context of probably the customers you're going after, probably more more likely to be the the high street hi-fi customer mm. than the high-end audio sort of aficionado, right? Mm. That's a great way to, to think about it. And I'm, I mean, I'm glad you bring that up. Like I, I, it's, that is the customer, that is the person we're trying to speak to with this product, what you mm. just kind of what you just described. Right. I mean, it's really, the, I guess, the other way to look at it is like it's the Sonos customer. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, we get compared in the marketplace to them quite a bit mm -hmm. um, or, or we get, um, yeah, like people see us as a, a step up or a competitive product to a Sonos, uh, mm -hmm. to a Sonos. So, um, so yeah, in some ways we do, we do talk to sometimes we have some, some overlap in the people that we're talking to um, for our products. Right. Because I mean, I know that some people, listening to this right now will be like 40 watts per channel. That's nowhere near enough. Mm. And I see, I listen to, I hear that and go, okay, Klipsch JBL zoo, which I have in my cellar, right? Mm. High efficiency loudspeakers, no problem. 40 watts, more than enough, way more than enough, right? right? right. So right. even sort of 91 DB, 92 DB speakers, maybe even 89 might be okay with 40 watts per channel, especially right. in a smaller room, a lower SPLs or desktop because right. it's a smaller piece, right? So that's right. Yeah. There are all sorts of different scenarios into, into which this would work. Now, I guess the well, I've got two two strands I want to attack this, right? Sure. I want to talk about the streaming and input side, and I want to talk about the amplifier side. And maybe we should talk about the streaming and digital and analog input side first in terms of functionality and connectivity so people can get a handle on what it can do before we talk about the nitty-gritty of the amp. Sure. Let's do it. Absolutely. Okay. Do you want me to run through kind of yeah, what's on the please. back or yeah, okay. yeah. yeah so um so on the on the back panel of a power node i mean really what a power node this type of product uh is meant to do is actually keep things quite simple for people mm -hmm. um and so kind of take that to another degree with this product versus the the power node n330 that's already that has has been out for over a year mm -hmm. um we we have an hdmi eARC input on this for, mm -hmm. you know, cause we really find people are, are generally using this quite a lot with, with a TV setup. So just improving your, your TV sound, um, using this, uh, two channel amplifier, adding a pair of passive loudspeakers and you've got a great little, um, entertainment setup, um, especially for smaller spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, and so HDMI, and then we have a, a kind of a standard blue sound input called a, a combo jack where it's both an optical a digital optical in and uh and a 3.5 millimeter standard mm -hmm. um analog in so that's mm -hmm. so we've got one of one of those and then we've got the hdmi so so two inputs on this product um to bring wired sources in mm -hmm. um it's got a subwoofer output wired okay very uh, useful and, yeah. and that's you know we've got kind of our our standard other blue sound type things like a, a usb a um uh input it's not really an input for audio. It's a, it's for um, external storage devices. Can we, um, yeah. Sorry, I want to I bookmark that. I want to come back to USB. Sure. 
Okay. No, I mean, we're on, honestly, we're almost there. I just, we have an Ethernet uh, jack, which is, again, standard for all Blue Sound products um, because, you know, we don't want people to always have to rely on, on Wi-Fi, especially in busy um, environments. So mm-hmm. you can wire this as well, Ethernet. Um, and then I guess to round it out would be, we have an IR in just for IR extenders, um, IR... Um, so if, if yeah. This, if it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Infrared. If this is hiding away somewhere, then you can still use a remote control with it, which is a huge feature for Blue Sound, by the way. I don't know if you've ever talked about it too much, but... Um, no, I'm um, sorry, I haven't. <laughs> no, but IR, IR, especially for a product like this, where kind of, like I said, it does get used uh, in in a television setups a lot. Um, mm-hmm. having, an, having IR learning, infrared remote learning in the products lets you use any remote, especially, or quite, or maybe most obviously your television remote, mm-hmm. um, and program blue sound, um, 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 it's not setting, well, settings and, uh, and functions, functionality okay. into that remote control. Okay. So yeah, so you don't have to necessarily, we do have a dedicated remote control in our lineup of products, but, um, you could use any old, IR remote control and control the the power node with uh, with that remote just by this IR learning. So it has an IR sensor on the front and can be controlled that way too. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, and it, I mean it's it's a Blue Sound product, so I'm going to assume there's also the Blue Sound Blue OS streaming board inside as well, right? Absolutely. Yes. Right. Yeah. We we won't other than you know, other than if it's just kind of a dumb accessory, we wouldn't be releasing a product that doesn't have. Blue OS, which is really kind of the main, the main foundation for for every Blue Sound product. Hmm. I mean, I think it's also interesting that you. I mean, I'm going to run with this here. That the, the subwoofer output, right? Sure. Now, what's interesting about this is again, it comes back to the power output of the main amplifier, 40 watts per channel, mm-hmm. and people going, "That's not going to be enough for my speakers." But if you, even if you've got relatively inefficient loudspeakers, if you run a sub it might be less of an issue because mm. then what you're doing is you're handing off all the base work to the subs amplifier. And then with the Blue OS software, you're implementing a crossover which high-pass filters the loudspeaker outputs. So your loudspeakers with that engaged, with a sub in place and the, the Blue OS um, subwoofer crossover engaged mm-hmm. means that your loudspeakers are only really doing 80 hertz, assuming you've set the crossover point that level, 80 hertz yeah. and above. They're not being asked through low bass, which is the right. main sort of, it, that's where the demand on the amplifier on the amp, comes yeah, from, exactly. right? Exactly. So I guess it's in my round, I could have explained this far more easy if I just said having a sub means that the power output of your main amplifier is less crucial than not having a sub, right? Mm. Yeah, no, it's exactly. I went around. No, the that's, on that. that's, no, but that's. I mean, that's an amazing. That's an amazing way to talk about it, and a good like it's something good to to point out and remind people, like um, the kind of the uh, I don't know the efficiency of how our software and hardware work together, especially when it comes to the mm-hmm. subwoofer output. We're um, yeah, we're taking all those types of things into consideration as we design these things. All right. Okay. So we've covered connectivity. I guess the Blue OS platform is the same as any other Blue OS enabled product, right? There are no, there's no short, you haven't cut anything off, have you? That's right. No, it's exactly the same. I guess if somebody might be comparing the two power nodes together, which I think will probably be done quite a bit, um, people mm-hmm. will be looking for those differentiations between the two models. 
Um, one thing that would be different between the two comes down to um, um, home theater for us. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the the current power node N330 can be used as the both the front left and right. So it can be used to drive both the front left and right and the rear surround channels in a Blue Sound Home Theater group. The the new power node Edge can cannot be used on the front. It can only be used to power the rear surrounds. So that would be one kind of point of differentiation between the two. That's fascinating. So you could have a, a normal power, like a the proper power node yeah. Yeah. driving or a your soundbar. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then you'd have the edge driving the rears. Yeah. Yeah. Which we think will get used quite a lot in um um like in, in installation integration type projects. That's kind of another it's actually a whole nother side to this product, which we, we could talk about it at some point today. Mm. But um Okay. Um yeah. Yeah, it's I mean it's fascinating that you can do all of these different configurations with different products mm-hmm. that I you know never really because I'm not really a home theater person. I don't have a right. surround sound system. Right. But I, I did try, yeah, the, the the two blue sound speakers as sort of virtual rears with the NADM 10V2. Nice. And that was that was great fun. But the point is, the reason I did it is because I didn't have to run wires across my floor from you know the front of the room to the back of the room. Exactly. I'm, I'm never doing that because it's <laughs> it's it's a bit crap. It's just annoying. Right. So, yeah, or even I mean, like one thing to run them like across your room like under your sofa to the back but like also another thing to run them around the outside along the bottom it's just like it just gets so messy and it's like kind of kind of what blue sound we don't stand for that really it's not what we're about Hmm. so um we want to keep things um clean concise simple um and well yeah it makes for a much a much cleaner setup Mm-hmm. Like physically, like you don't have yeah. to have cables running. Yeah, no, everywhere. I mean, yeah. one of our one of our taglines, which you know, whether people like marketing taglines or not, I don't. It's <laughs> it, it helps us define what we do. But we say we make products, uh, we make hi fi for everyday living, um, right? And so, and that's you know that 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 is a helpful phrase for me to basically have up on my wall in front of me every day to say, okay, like is what I'm doing helping people, uh, you know, listen to to truly hi-fi have really good listening experiences, but it, but in the context of their everyday life, you know, not making it hard for them or, or, uh, burdensome, you know, um, mm. like a lot of maybe really traditional hi-fi did. So. Well, I think, I think there was one time, I can't remember whether it was this power node or a previous power node. I don't recall, but I basically said that the power node takes the crazy out of hi-fi because mm. if you're if you're the high street hi-fi person, right, you mm. might look at the kind of somebody like me and go, well, like, what the hell? All this gear, <laughs> madness. Like I just I just don't want to get that far into it. Right. So I think what you're tackling here is again, you know, somebody who is um less committed to the cause. <laughs> the thing is, was when I said that, I had a couple of more sort of traditional audio files get grumpy <laughs> with me about it. But you, I think if you're into traditional hi-fi gear, you have to admit to yourself that it is a little bit bonkers nowadays, right? It is, it mm. is aging out. I'm not just on about the population. I'm on about the tech itself. Like it's been around mm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And if you're just talking about a strictly separate system, so like separate mm-hmm. preamp, power amp, DAC, streamer, speakers, mm-hmm. all with a hi-fi rack, this is yesterday's technology for most people. Like in the seventies, that wasn't the case, not in all the eighties and maybe not the nineties, but I think as, I guess it's really, the streaming has brought a lot of this sort of like 
convergence about where you can get everything in one box. So you get your streamer, your DAC, and your amplifier, in your case, right, in one box. That's right, That's so right. yeah. You know, it's it's the kind of, I guess, yeah, to bring them back into the conversation, I'm sorry. It's it's a, like a Sonos approach, right? Mm-hmm. It, and I think I know a lot of people push back against this. You know, they'll say, well, if my app dies, then the uh, the blue sound power node has to go back to the manufacturer. And I, I, actually, I'm laughing as I say that because the thing's tiny. And even if your normal big amp died, you'd have a heavier box to ship back to mm-hmm. your dealer, distributor, yeah. or manufacturer, right? That's so right. it's it's kind of you know. So I just what I'm I what I'm trying to say here is that yeah, like what I do in terms of well, especially when I'm tackling sort of separate boxes and things like that, I don't do it so often anymore. But there is an element of sort of whack-a-doodle to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably going to get slammed for saying that, but it, I just, I ah. think it is. I think we have to know who we are and That's know right. when we're, we're being a little bit sort of obsessive-compulsive about That's right. things yeah. that most people couldn't give a shit about. Right. And it's just, it's the same with cameras, the same with coffee, the same with bicycles. Totally, totally, right? totally. It's and, just, and, yeah. And honestly, I think maybe just to, to swing it back into discussing our, like, Blue Sound, as a brand, mm. we we... We, that's kind of the tension we live in. It's because we come from a world, I mean, NAD, uh, which is obviously our uh, our big brother, uh, as, mm. as, you know, they're turning, NAD's turning 50 years old this year. So we, mm-hmm. we, we've we lived in that world for, for 50 years to some degree. And Blue Sound's um, about to turn 10 years wow. old. And, um, and yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of straddling that tension of the wacky doodle or whatever you said. Um, uh, or at least, you know, what do those types of, what, what does that customer, what are they looking for? Like what, and so, and it's often has to do with performance. Okay. So that's audio performance specifically. Um, and so we want to make sure when we're designing products for blue sound that we've got, um, that we, that we've got those things in mind. We know, we know kind of where we're coming from, uh, uh, and that helps us drive decisions on audio quality, which is always going to be very high in a blue sound product, but then mm. know, know who we are and know where we're going and know where, where the world is moving towards. And that's, uh, I think maybe that's the tension we live in. So we want to create products that work in daily life, um, for more people, I guess is, is part of the, it's part of all of that discussion. Yeah. I guess it's a bit like, um, you know, yeah, but like buying a bike, like a lot of people, a lot of real sort of diehard enthusiasts will want to go and buy a separate frame. Right. I'm talking about a racing road bike, right? So right, like a, totally. Right. And they'll go and they'll go and choose the kind of the transmission and maybe choose their own fork and then the wheels and then they'll put it together themselves. And th- that for them is part of the, the joy, right? Mm-hmm. Is but there are people like me, I, I'm not there yet with bicycles. I'm I'm getting there, but I'm are not there you? yet. Well kind of like I mean I bought a vintage road racing bike recently i absolutely love it so obviously the next step is like okay well maybe i'll build my own but were you uh were you <laughs> one of the the pandemic like you're that's where that started to take off for you was uh amidst the pandemic and and every like so many people i got i i just it just feels like so many people i know got into uh r- road racing or just biking in general during during covid i don't know actually no not really it came about because well i used to live in australia and cycling there is a nightmare because it's just not Sydney's not built for cyclists right. at all. There's and too drivers, many hills. Well, it's not only that, but drivers are really hostile and there's no, there, there's, there are no uh, cycle paths, right? right? So I moved to Berlin and there's just cycle paths everywhere. So I just bought a normal 
city bike. I bought the equivalent of a blue sound power node in a, in a Trek bike. And then actually, well, actually, maybe I bought an edge first of all. And then I bought the two years later, I bought a new one, a slightly better one. So it would be the equivalent of a power node. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then a friend came to town and was like, I've just been to this bike store. They sell vintage bikes It's near your house. Come and have a look. And I looked at it and it was because I'm really tall. I'm two meters tall. So I need a very large bike. So it's very hard for me to find them off the shelf. So Trek right. make, make these sort of off the shelf bikes just about fit me. But yeah, a friend came to town. It's like, come and look at this vintage uh, yeah, road racing bike. It was a bit too small. But the guys in the shop were like, hang on a minute. We've got a couple in the cellar that might fit you. And they had one. Hmm. And it was just this really, very nice. Well, to me, it was an attractive looking um yeah, road bike from Italy from right. the 80s. And I went, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Because <laughs> just because yeah. I cycle a lot in this city now already. And I just thought, yeah, you know, it's just another extension of being right. into things and the process and seeing how right. things work right. and where the performance gains are. It's just like a, it's a lot of people get go this way, right? But they just go right. into hi-fi or coffee or whiskey right. or, yeah. Right. I'm excited to watch your first bike video. Oh, I'm not John. doing it. No, no, I'm not doing it. Oh, okay, no. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm, I don't know. I just, no, it's not, it, I, I won't do that, but <laughs> but thank you for the enthusiasm ah, yes. and the encouragement, Matt. But I, but I guess this is the, I, I'm mentioning all of this because this is a broader context. And I also think this is a, a, a way for people to understand where your product fits in to the, you know, the whole ecosystem of hi-fi gear, right? it's obviously not for somebody who wants to go and build their bike from scratch and has been cycling for 50 years. Right. That, you know, that dude's into separates, right? hundred percent. But it is, it is for somebody who's like a little bit hi-fi curious. It's like, ah, yeah. I want something that's small and compact. It's not going to be screaming at me visually. And if I just put it with a pair of loudspeakers yeah. and I will actually, I will say this, and this is probably going to piss off a lot of people, but I think two passive loudspeakers and a, and a power node type product will beat a soundbar if your soundbar usage is split 50-50 with music. Mm. So if you're a music fan and you watch a lot of movies, mm-hmm. I just think the average soundbar is pretty crap for music. Right. But good for TV and, and movies. But if, you know, right. if you're just TV and movies, get a soundbar. But if you're not and you're like, well, I do a, a bit of both, yeah. get, get a small amplifier that does streaming and has HDMI on the back, very important. Yeah. And a pair of speakers, right? I just yeah. think that's the, for me. I think that's, that's such a, I, I actually think of, um, I think of the power node and soundbar as very similar, hitting very similar um, yes. customers yeah. um, generally. Um, but I think that's an amazing, I've never really thought about it the way you just put it of, of percentage, basically percentage of music to, to maybe movie watching or music mm. listening you know like where's that threshold and if your threshold is approaching you know anywhere close to 50 50 on music and and movie then then i think i i totally agree with you if you're gonna you gotta if you you're, you're gonna want to create some stereo separation there i think and and move into a power node and, and speakers type of setup so yeah i think so yeah yeah anyway look i mean i know i've, I've kicked this conversation away of course matt i'm sorry let's bring it back to the the blue sound power node edge can we talk about the amplification you know what's inside there because it's different to the power node right that's right yeah we took a different approach with it i guess probably good to understand what's in the current power node or or the uh, the big brother power node in order to understand maybe some of the differences and why why we did that in the in the power node edge um so 
Um, we have what we call across across our portfolio of both Blue Sound and NAD products. Um, we have what we call a hybrid digital amplifier uh, within the within the um, power node and. Mm-hmm. That is for us, uh, it's very, I mean, it's very, it's, it's pretty standard within a lot of our products. Um, um, when, and when I say our products, again, I'm talking blue sound and NAD kind of mixing them all, all up together, but, um, and that's, that's the, it's a Hypex UCD module is what's in there. And mm-hmm. so, it, you know, that is a class D amp, um, um, but it's, it's, it's called hybrid digital because it has an analog component to it, um. And and that's where we're taking a small analog input voltage, uh, and and turning, turning like the amplifier is using digital techniques to amplify that small analog input voltage into the mm-hmm. power that's required to drive a loudspeaker, and um, and I think another term that we've thrown around with with our hybrid digital um, is self oscillating. So I think that's maybe what we were getting at um when we were talking at another at another point but um and then so that's the, we we decided to do something different for the power node edge and there's a few reasons for that um but but before i get into those i'll just tell you what we did we mm. we created a what we call a direct digital uh amplifier platform and it's all new for us uh between NAD and blue sound we've actually done quite a bit of direct digital um direct digital work in the past but this is a mm-hmm. brand new platform for us um just designed specifically for the power node edge and and um this type of platform is often referred to as a power dac mm-hmm. and so um in in maybe really easy to understand terms or at least it helps me even if it's like not 100 percent totally correct it helps me understand but basically the dac is the amp mm-hmm. um and so yeah, so it's not a separate thing. Like in the like in the the power node N three thirty, the the DAC is actually, um, you know, it's a it's it's separate. It's it's yeah. not it's not what's dri- driving. It's not what's part of the kind of the amplifier chain necessarily. So, um, but in this case of the power node edge, that's what we're doing. It's a it's a digital amplifier, um, a power DAC. Yeah, and 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 maybe to even just go one step further into the technology we're using, it's a it's what we would call a closed loop feedback design. Mm-hmm. So um, it's again, it's uh, it's it's the good kind of <laughs> it's the good kind of feedback. Sometimes people hear the word feedback and they, they don't like that. But this closed loop design, it basically that's you're getting you're getting feedback on the signal chain that allows you to clean up that signal as much as as much as possible before the output stages send that off into the loudspeakers, right? So we're cutting out, again, for, in really simple terms, the, the end result is we're cutting out bad noises and focusing on good ones. That's mm-hmm. kind of really how I think about it. So yeah, so that's, I don't know if that's maybe a very long and convoluted way to, to talk about the, the new amplifier platform in the PowerNode Edge, but it is different and it's new compared to the original PowerNode. I think if people want to Google this, I mean, one thing they should be aware of is that class D, which is in this in the normal power node, the mm. D of class D is not digital. It's mm. not. Whereas yeah. what you're talking about in the power node edge is definitely a digital amp. So it's a completely different topology. And I, I, you mentioned NAD had done it in the past. They did it with something I think it was called. I'm I'm going to be get crucified again if I get this wrong, but I'm going <laughs> to stick my neck out. It's I'll try C, to help you. <clears throat> is it the C390DD from about 2013? Yeah. Right. 
That's right. So that that came out when I was living in Australia, and it was very very popular um, amongst hi-fi people there. Yeah. And I think before that, maybe the M2 was that. The M2 was the was really the first. I would say the first successful application of that in, yeah, that's it. The M2. Right. But it's not, it's, it's not a technology that you would say is very common amongst uh, amplifier designers. I mean, Lingdorf do it with their Mm -hmm. amplifiers, their current range of amplifiers. Mm Each tree have got one coming. Um, I can't think of anybody else. Um, So it's a different kind of amp. Is that why it's not quite as powerful? Uh, no, you could scale technically, you could scale up this. It's actually, it's actually has the potential to be even more powerful in a lot of ways. Um, Mm. you can scale this up just depending on your output stages and your power supply in the product. So, so really, but, but, but power people, I think it's helpful to understand that power supply and output stage, like all of these things, um, equate at some point to the price of the product. So when we're mm-hmm. when we're aiming for a kind of a specific price point um, into a specific use case and specific customers, um, you're going to trade off at some place, and and a lot of that will will have to do with you know output power. So um, which comes down to how big the power supply needs to be and blah blah mm. blah, all that stuff. So right. yeah, actually one of the big parts of the story, obviously on this product is its size, how small it is. But mm-hmm. one of the reasons we were able to have such a small product um, is is because of this platform, because of this direct digital platform. It it um a side effect in a good way of its of its design is that it runs quite cool, and so uh, with with a with a amplifier technology that runs cooler you don't need as much heat sinking and if you don't need as much heat sinking you can make your uh, product quite a bit smaller so it's kind of i don't know if it's chicken and egg on these things but that it you know we set out to make a small product and so we needed a a a cool running amp to do that and that's one of the Mm. reasons for this uh, direct digital platform yeah i was speaking to um your colleague greg stitson last week he's the uh, product development manager for He's he's actually our our cto our Oh, right. He's big cheese. Okay. He's, he's yeah, big kahuna. Right. And he was explaining that um, this sort of direct digital amplification may sound simple in theory, but he said it's actually really hard to get it right and and to to not mess it up, basically. Because (laughs) he was explaining it's been around for a long time, theoretically speaking, but it's only maybe in, you know, recent times that it's, it's been possible to, I, I guess have the comp- mm. well either the the know-how or the componentry or yes. the right componentry at the right price to yes. bring it to more sort of more everyday u- into more everyday usage. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I think um I mean just to maybe to toot our own horn slightly but specifically our engineering team like these are we have uh, an, an engineering team between NAD and Blue Sound, which has been working on NAD products and amplifiers, specifically amplifier technology for many, many years. There's a lot mm. of experience there. So um, so all these new technologies are kind of just allowing them to to push to push their uh, skill set and their understanding and 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 the technology uh, even further, to be honest. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I mean, I guess we could we could tie this all together. So it's a it's a streaming amplifier with mm-hmm. digital inputs that includes HDMI, but also has a subwoofer output. 
Mm-hmm. It's a direct digital amplifier with 40 watts per channel into eight ohms. Do you know what it does into four? I do. We are... Well, I've only actually I've only got dynamic into um into four. So okay, but yeah, that's eighty watts per channel dynamic. So that's a different way of measuring it. It's not continuous, obviously. But right, so it's probably going to be what like 50, 55? 55, yeah. somewhere in there. Right. Into four. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because it's it's never going to double with a class. No, it's not. It's not a class D amp. It's a digital amp. So <laughs> right. Okay. Is there anything else? Well, we haven't discussed price, have we? I don't think. No, I've made a bunch of references to it, maybe, but I don't think I actually said what it was. So no. you've got our uh, current PowerNode N330 at, at 950 US dollars. Um, the mm-hmm. PowerNode Edge is coming in at 650 US dollars or 699 euros. Right. So we're pretty excited about that, to be honest. It's a, it's going to be a, a really, uh, it's kind of an, uh, it's, it's an attractive price point for a lot of people. Hmm. Now my understanding is that. Well, I think I heard this correctly, that you're taking pre-orders now, but won't ship for another month or so. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. right. So pre-orders have just opened up on it. We've just announced the product, but mm-hmm. um, it'll start shipping in, in early October. Right. So I guess, yeah, well, that's one way to kind of <laughs> generate sales, isn't it? It's just make yeah. people think that it might, you know, might sell out the initial run, I guess. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, it's more like we just don't really want to keep a secret longer than we need to. So we wanted to get, mm. we wanted to get the news out and uh, they're, the product's already on the way to everywhere uh, around the world into our warehouses and stuff. So um, mm. yeah, we just wanted to let people know that it's coming. And I believe one is coming to me, right? Oh, I, I hope so. I, I believe yeah, so. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think, I think there is. Yeah. Um, I'm probably, I'm probably going to pull it out with some, uh, yeah. Well, actually, you know, last year, I, I think my best of 2021 included the power node and I used it with some efficient speakers into a sub and I'm actually made the arguments that I've kind of suggested in this video, uh, in this podcast. So mm-hmm. I might do a mm-hmm. sort of a, a repeat of that. And okay. just see if, you know, see what we lose, see what we gain. Because my experience with other direct digital amplifiers is they don't sound quite the same as class D amps. Now I'm generalizing, but they have a sort of a certain quality that... Yeah, I think... Oh, sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's, no, it's fine. I think I think I agree with you. I think it will sound different. Like I don't think... We call it a baby power node. I don't think we should expect that it's just less power of kind of the exact same sonic characteristics it's going to yeah. sound it's going to we think it sounds amazing but um it doesn't necessarily sound the same so i think that's it's important to to note that for sure right well i look forward to that i think it's gonna be fun to play with especially as i'm, I'm familiar with the platform and the rest mm-hmm. of the unit so it's just mm-hmm. really a matter of sort of putting it for me you know side by side comparison with the original power node and talk about sonic differences so yeah that, that should be fun mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, Matt, is, uh, do you have any any last words, any last thoughts that we, anything we haven't covered that we need to? That's ominous, very ominous sounding. <laughs> yes, um, it is. <laughs> yeah, um, I I don't think. I mean, I kind of maybe maybe just briefly. Um, this this uh, maybe is just important, or I feel like it's important to know. But I think the product was designed very much with um, with kind of like zone extension in mind or or i guess oh, okay. another another way to say that would be um would be integration or installation so mm. um yeah it's going to work for a lot of people especially especially maybe 
people just jumping into hi-fi or or just jumping up in terms of um going into something a little more premium audio but um in in kind of their main listening room or with their tv or something but for a lot of people they might have like the nad m10 v2 or something in that main room or something even or a separate stack or whatever Mm -hmm. um uh with blue os involved and then they might want to extend extend their extend the reach uh into Mm -hmm. different zones into different rooms i think the power node sits at a price point where people don't feel like it's too expensive to you know be their office setup or be their bedroom setup or yeah. or power a, a pair of um power a pair of uh, uh of outdoor speakers on the on the back patio or something like that right so i think i think there's a lot of use case for it and i think um i think kind of that integration or installation part of part of the discussion is is important as well i mean maybe maybe not necessarily for y- your direct audience but 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 maybe especially if people already own um, some of the the maybe the higher price blue os devices in other parts of their other parts of their home so yeah yeah i guess i mean i think what you're saying because yes you're right i mean it, it speaks to a bigger audience than than what i have you know it's it's mm. it you know i've got a sort of mixture of diehard audiophiles and then some sonos people out there on youtube and i think it's, it's mm-hmm. a healthy mix of the two sonos does get used in the way i just described quite a lot um mm it gets specified into uh, installations and, and as a, as a zone, a zone streamer or a zone power streamer um, kind of in, in many, many different situations. So, um, so I think, yeah, I don't know. It just, it seems like there's, there's people who are looking for solutions like this. And I do think of the edge, not only as a, an amazing little hi-fi system, but also a solution for people Mm. who are looking for uh, audio throughout their home, you know? You've just given me a really good idea, which I'm not going to share. Um, <laughs> but in, in terms of what I can do with my review, I've got an, I've got an idea. Cool. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out. Um, in the meantime, Matt, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I, I really uh, enjoyed chatting with you. Pleasure. <laughs>